Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves. And of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is an internationally known celebrity psychic medium, hypnotist, meditation, and breath coach, yogi, healer, and jewelry designer. For over 20 years, he's made custom jewelry through his line, Jamai Designs, where he integrates his healing and intuitive abilities. He's been giving psychic readings for over two decades and wants to help you see more of your true self so you can change your life for the better. Please welcome Jamai Merck. Hi, Chrissy. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for coming on. I am, you should be used to this in your field of work, but I'm really going to need your help to guide me through this conversation because I have I'm here. I'm here so for many questions <laughs> and I'm so interested in how you use all of your, a range of talent and abilities to help people and help people heal. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to explain. Um, First of all, that was an amazing intro. <laughs> I think that was the best intro I've ever heard. Ooh. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh, of course. You're very yeah. welcome. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So I think we, ha- we have to start off with how, what events in your life or how did you come upon this career path of psychic medium, hypnotist, jewelry designer, coach, yoga? Like, yeah. how did that all happen? Right, professional yodeler. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, I just, it happened uh, day by day yeah, and on a pretty seemingly long journey at this point. Um, at a pretty young age, I decided that I wanted to be able to answer any question my grandkids might have for me. Any question any that question, your future grandchildren would which, have for you. Right, which would require me to have a lot of experience. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Pardon my French. No, you're allowed um, to happy holidays. have your French. Yeah. <laughs> as much French as you want <laughs> is welcome la, la, here. La, la. <laughs> F you. Sorry. <clears throat> so, yeah, a long journey of experience. <clears throat> and for me, it was, it was really about giving myself an excuse to do a lot, um, just to try a lot of things. Excuse me. Yeah. No, you're good. And um, in that process, I kind of focused on what I felt like doing more than what the mainstream told, you know, us to do. That in itself Um, is difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, being as sensitive as I was, it was already difficult. So it was like either try and conform and not feel secure as Mm -hmm. I already didn't feel that secure. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, do my thing. Yeah. And so step by step, um, it started for me in wellness at a pretty young age. I, I actually had strangers asking me personal questions from the age of seven on. Like what kind of personal questions? Well, I just think about, you know, overlooking downtown here in your beautiful studio. Yeah. Um, my first 
personal reading, I would say, was when I was seven years old. I was on 6th Street between, um, or on 5th Street, I'm sorry, between uh, Elm and, and what was that? Um, Elm and Race. Uh-huh. And um, this old gentleman, uh, I say old, um, he's probably 65, maybe. Okay. Um, <clears throat> to a seven-year-old. He seems mm-hmm. pretty old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, he stops me while I'm walking on the sidewalk with my cousins, and he um, he grabs my shoulders, and I was kind of confused. I thought, what's this dude doing? Is this the right. stranger mom told me about? Right, you know? this is stranger and, danger. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and he was crying, <clears throat> and he said, why did my wife leave me? And he was in a three-piece suit, and I don't know why, but I was just kind of calm about it. I, I wasn't, like, surprised almost. I don't know. It just was it was kind of shocking. But at the same time, all I felt was that he was an alcoholic. And so I said that. And he cried even harder. And my cousins ran back to save the day because they thought I was getting, you know. Right. Kidnapped. Mugged. Yeah. yeah. Taken. <laughs> Taken. Um, <clears throat> so... Yeah, so uh, nothing became of that necessarily, but that's the oldest recollection that I have of a total stranger stopping me to ask me something as personal as that. And it's happened to me my whole life consistently. And more so, I think, when I was becoming more comfortable with my abilities. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe people's guidance was, you know, leading them to Mm -hmm. me more, maybe. Um, To that degree... Yeah, it's been a it's been a long journey with that, and then uh, in wellness, uh, I was known as the um, they called me the suicide kid, which is not a pleasant name. No. But uh, kids from other school districts would call me to talk their friends out of suicide, and, and I think now looking back on it, I thought, wow, this is really crazy and weird, but it still wasn't uncomfortable. And so, looking back on it now, I can only presume that I was able to see what I do now for people, um, see their deep trauma, see what they're facing, mm-hmm. uh, speak to it, give it a voice so that they can then deal with it instead of, you know, want to end everything because yeah. of it. So, <clears throat> wow. so, you know, that continued into studies, uh, in high school, even and in, into college, um, witnessing different religions and spiritual practices of the world, getting into shamanic beliefs and shamanic ways of life, life practices of all sorts. And uh, started doing healing work at about 16, 17 years old. Uh, opened my first wellness center when I was 26. Um, but I had actually started carving jewelry when I was 19. Okay. So and this so, is all all of these different intersections of your life mm-hmm. that are kind of happening in parallel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of stuff going on. In yeah. that time, even, um, you know, I was athletic. I, mm-hmm. I competed as a wrestler. Um, I was a junior Olympian gymnast. I raced dirt bikes. Uh, I started snowboarding competitively when I was 17. Okay. So yeah, you are an athlete. Um, yeah. And and by the time I was 19, I was breakdancing professionally. So what in the world? I know. I know. (laughs) Don't, Hey, it just, you know, day by day, day by day, when something came up that I wanted to challenge myself with, I went after it and you know, my whole life I've been ridiculed and judged for that. And I'm totally okay with that. Right. Because I have, is it kind of know. coming back to what you said about, which I want to explore more. You said, you know, you were always really sensitive mm-hmm. and it was, I, it was either 
okay, I'm going to have this this feeling of sensitivity, so to speak, mm-hmm. if I'm doing what everyone else is doing, but I'm also going to have it if I'm just doing my own thing. So I might as well just do whatever I want yeah. because I'm still going to have this kind of sensitive feeling. How do you just, what is that, what do you mean when you say you've been sensitive? Uh, yeah, well, it's a very blanketed statement. Um, to describe what I do professionally now, I would say, um, arguably, on the metaphysical level, is help people understand consciousness mm. and the power of the energy of consciousness. And so when I think back to, you know, in the early days, it was more about understanding tradition um, and how, you know, I might be able to affect somebody with the power of God, for example, mm. or with the power of the earth or these specific elements or this crystal, you know, and because I'm a science-minded person, I really wanted to look at the substruct, more the structure of it, you know, the fourth dimension, the, the here and now on planet Earth. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard a psychic say they're science-minded, so that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a five-year degree in, in industrial design with yeah. a focus in sustainable systems, which is a five-year science degree mm. um, from the University of Cincinnati. So it's also played a role in yeah. things that I've done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, from rehabbing properties to uh, building sustainable communities. Um, but on the holistic side, it's, it's transitioned quite a bit to this place of, you know, how do we ourselves find consciousness and use it uh, to our advantage or to our capability, um, whether it's smashing the fears that we've held in our traditions and our lineage, mm. or whether it's not being afraid of the boogeyman. Yeah. You know? Right, which or, you already know I'm afraid of the boogeyman. I told you I made yeah. it very clear. I set a very clear boundary, <laughs> Jemai. I said, when you come into my house, you cannot tell me any spirits that you see. What do you mean that one set- over there? No. What do you mean? <laughs> you because this, I've got, a, sitting here I've got the, a good thing going in my home, and I just don't want to <laughs> know. For me, ignorance is bliss. It's a beautiful space. <laughs> really like how it feels. Yeah, good, good. Loaded I, I like plants. how it feels, too. You've, you know, you've done it right. It's yeah. Nice. yeah, but so... Yeah. Anyway, fear, fear the boogeyman. You want to get people yeah. <laughs> away from that fear. Uh, yeah, well, and fear is the root of all of our trauma. Oh, um, my God, everything. Know, it's an expression of uh, how we perceive it and, and what we do with it, how we hurt ourselves generally. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, so you're kind of just able, you have an ability to help people work through, to, to first you can recognize it in themselves. Yeah, well, you feel it. Okay. Um, that's, I, I teach intuitive development around the country. Um, I have been for about five years now, actually, because I feel like it's really inertly something we need to understand. Yeah. Um, we all have it. Yeah. So I yeah. really want to empower people with their own language. It's like knowing how to taste caviar. Mm. In that world of mm. sensitivity, um, understanding how you feel with your consciousness is really important. And <clears throat> that is basically what intuitive is, right. is how you feel, how you know the unknown. Right. When you don't have to try to know, it's just there. Uh, and it's really found in the consciousness. What it could be, you know, in different cultures, they'll say it's a Christ grid, grid or Christ consciousness or God conscious or universal conscious. Um, there's a lot of names for it, but there's layers to it. Right. And, um, you know, we, I think we all can adapt to feel our consciousness more. And when we do, like I said, you can smash those fears and you can start to unravel the programming. Um, some say 
uploading or changing mm-hmm. DNA, which it does. Literally, consciousness does. It actually grows neurological parts of the body as well. Um, I And I think I told you this before. I was brain dead. I, I was... No, you didn't had, tell me this. Oh, I didn't tell you No, this. tell... Please. <laughs> <laughs> well. What a okay, lead in. Here this. we go. <laughs> um, We're going to take a quick tangent. Let's hear <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> we'll come back. Folks. We'll come back. We'll come back. Um, well, when I was 13, um, I had finished my fourth year of competitive gymnastics and was training for the next year and was racing motocross and had just gotten a new race dirt bike. Oh. And because I would push myself pretty hard, yeah. I was doing something pretty technical and um, I overdid it, you could say. Um, I had landed it f- three times. Uh, it's what's known in the motocross world as a, a quadruple uh, double. I was out of a six-pack. So basically, I was trying to jump three jumps and land on the fourth and then hit the fifth jump and land on the sixth jump. Wow. I hit the fifth jump. I overshot it and smacked the face of the fourth jump. Oh. 80 miles an hour, about 130 feet. Oh. Um, and yeah, massive brain trauma was the equivalent. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I was unconscious. I came back. I witnessed myself go paralyzed completely. Oh. Um, was kind of laughing to myself as I was slipping into a coma because it honestly it felt so good at that point. Mm. I was in so much pain. Your your body just is just dumping, dumping, dumping you everything it can to like Yeah. 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 So I was laughing at the grass. That's yeah. just the last thing uh, yeah. I saw before I slipped away. Woke up in the hospital, uh being prepped to potentially cut my head open because of the brain swelling. Um had somewhat of what has been called a mir- miraculous recovery unplugged from life support and walked out of the trauma center six hours later. You were on life support? Yes, I was on full life support. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty impactful for everyone. I'd oh, my, say. my God. My parents especially. Sorry, mom and dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can actually, actually imagine that. My brother mo- raced in motocross when he was younger Um, he ended up passing away in a motorcycle accident. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. He was like going down a backcountry road and it was dark. He didn't see like the road kind of jig. Yeah, turned. Yeah, Mm -hmm. turned. And then there was like an embankment. He hit it and went in the air and and crashed. So So kind of, yeah, he, he was on, like he, he was alive when they got him to the hospital Mm. and, um, they had said like he was had like really significant head trauma, but then he just didn't pull through but so yeah i can totally Um, imagine what your family goes through with that yeah just feeling feeling that yeah feeling that through your family yeah yeah it was tough i'm sorry sure (laughs) i'm sorry for no yeah it's uh, it's okay for sharing that trauma but it is it is really traumatic when Mm -hmm. you think a loved one is gonna die oh and that's basically what they told my parents when they were airlifting me was to kiss me goodbye oh um so I was very fortunate, and yeah. <clears throat> I know I was very fortunate. And even at that point, it was more of a catalyst to do more. Uh, it was, you know, don't take yep. any day for granted. Right. And so that's what I've been doing. So you were talking about consciousness growing mm-hmm. before when you... So what made you think of the brain dead story to get you there uh, when you were talking about... there to there. Yeah. Um, well, um, in numerous times in my life, uh, that's what I was um, getting to. I have had severe neurological uh, trauma. Mm. Brain was the first one. And that's and a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. I was slow. I was handicapped. When I came back, I, w- I wasn't able to communicate. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
I mean, I could, but I was super slow. I had to, like, the process was so traumatic for me that <clears throat> it was just really difficult to uh, to express what yeah. I wanted to say. It was hard to answer questions. It was hard to stay in a conversation. Did it you, and, like, did you know, were you aware, like, oh, this isn't what I was like before? Yeah. Or, yeah. I was very aware. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you could see it on everyone's face, yeah, you know, because they course. were like, what happened to you, Jemai? Yeah. My friends started calling me brain dead. Oh, God. Yeah. Not funny. It's not. It's hilarious. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. My friends were so nice. Yeah. Right. So nice. We were a bunch of hillbillies, yeah. you know. <laughs> Definitely corn feds. Mm. Uh-huh. Where did you grow up? In Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I grew up on a beef farm, mm. a small beef ranch up in Bright, Indiana. Wow. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. So neurological, lots of neurological damage in your life. Yes. Yeah. So I had to reprogram to oh. be able to speak again, to be able to finish high school, you know, with um, college credits, so to speak, or, or pre, you know, what was that called? Advanced college prep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like <clears throat> AP or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so in order to get into the programs that I wanted to get into, which was the DAP program, that meant I was going to have to work really hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so I did, and I continued to do crazy things, just, you know, not ramp dirt bikes anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I took a hiatus, you know, became a break dancer and was doing all these other things sure, for course. my <laughs> adrenaline outlets, um, snowboarding as such. Um and, you know, starting to get into the healing world, you know, I think I did my first wellness event when I was in, uh, still in college. I think I was 20, 21 years old and I was doing healing on people at an event. And, um, like what kind of healing, what does that look like? Um, at the time I was studying shamanic practice, what was tradition for my tribes, uh, as well as other native American tribes. Mm-hmm. I was also doing Reiki uh, mm. which is the newest form of uh, chi energy based yep. healing out of Japan um by a Christian doctor who created it not too long ago. Mm. Um I was using other forms of eastern healing techniques as well. But um for me it was still a watered down version of of what I would d- would be doing, mm. you know, later. Mm-hmm. Um so I was able to help people, but it, yeah. for me it was really just getting on the bike. I, I felt like I still had training wheels. So okay. Okay. I want to kind of circle back to what you said about all of us having this ability or this, like mm-hmm. th- this intuition, so to speak mm-hmm. it. And that, and then you help people kind of tap into that. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or even I think when I'm thinking through it, I of course have had feelings about things or people or, or whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't have the language, right? Some will say, well, how do you know that? And you're like, I don't know. I just do. You know, like you're like, I don't, I don't know. But it sounds yeah. like you could help people be able to kind of verbalize how they're, what they're feeling. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I- yeah. Verbalizing it is bringing it to the conscious mind, to mm-hmm. the conscious present. Um, if you can talk about it, it's conscious. Yeah. Okay. Subconscious would be nonverbal, non-communicated outside of your dreams and with um, interdimensional connection, mm. um, which is an infinite pool that we're connected to with the consciousness. So the more we start to feel, the more we witness that 
perspective, that language, um, it becomes more clear, like learning a new color system or something. Right, um, right. So, yeah, so we all have it. Um, it's in there. And my job is to help people see their specific language, their language of intuitive understanding. So it's a sensitivity that can be strengthened. Mm-hmm. And it's one of our senses, if mm-hmm. you will. It's our okay. sixth sense. Okay, you know, right. It's that right. more interdimensional connection at the surface. It seems like it's so far away, so hard to grab a hold of. Right. But it's been a part of us since we started breathing. How do you help people learn how to do that? Um, basically, I, I help people understand their strengths okay. first and, and where they might feel they have weaknesses. And... We use the strengths to embody the weaknesses. Generally, the weaknesses, or what we might call weaknesses, are actually fear points or points of interest when it comes to healing. Mm. So we help build strength in those areas while learning from the weaknesses. And it empowers the strengths more. Mm. And it's more of this upward spiral instead of this just redundance of running into the wall, like one of those old toys. Oh, yeah. You know? I know exactly. Pictured it perfectly (laughs) in my mind. Yep. We block ourselves a lot, and you know that's part of undoing uh, what's been done is learning to appreciate that there's other ways to perceive it and yeah. other ways to attain that information. Right. Um, it's already there, <clears throat> so it's just a matter of how direct is your link. Mm. Um, we think of, uh, for me, in, in the metaphysical sense, it's kind of relatable to the Internet, how we're all able to connect now. Yeah. Um, in a congruence of healing, you know, a lot of people have argued the internet's the devil, you know, this and that, but it's a sea of consciousness. It's a sea of information, right? It's really surface. It's really, it's still the tangible thing that we have to grab a hold of, but how is it delivered? Right. it's delivered with frequencies. It's delivered with information going through wires and crystals, stored information and crystals and fine metals, yeah. A lot of what the ancients used to do the same thing, um, to gain more consciousness. We use it directly in technology, but I feel that that is really just the next paradigm in the shift to full consciousness mm. where we can just tap into the information because it's already around us. It's already in everything that's yeah. in this existence. So once it's born, <clears throat> that information can be shared, spread, but also tapping into your own personal lineage being able to see where the traumas come from, being able to see how you can help yourself more immediately instead of having someone else always tell you. Yeah, this was really interesting. So you and I had a little chit-chat the other the other day, yeah. and you got, in, <laughs> <laughs> you got into the lineage stuff. So can you explain a little bit more about that? You know, what exa- what is it? How, how can you, you know, identify it in people? How did you, like, identify in yourself? You said that it was... It was hard. Yeah. Um, I basically identified out of pain, uh, out of the trauma. Um, So I was separated from my biological father at two years old. And my biological father's bloodline um, are healers. Uh, They're like half Sioux and British. And so I had this strong energetic sequence, you know, in my DNA, this connection with yep. the memories of my ancestry, but my, that whole family wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly trying to feel them, 
And I was already sensitive, you know, so I was already feeling other people's lineages too, but I didn't really understand what that was until later. Yeah. Like, I don't know how, how could you understand what it was? How did you start to learn about that? Well, you know, you read about other psychic and mediums, intuitives, medical intuitives way of interpreting their own Mm. language and that was giving me some like justification on how everyone's different mm. and how I was different. And so I was able to kind of de-engineer it from there. Um, but I honestly, I've always felt so much. It's really just been a constant unraveling of the scroll, so to speak. Mm. It's like the more I try, and I believe this is the case for everyone, really, once you start to try and develop that side of yourself, that um, conscious availability to feel information, you know, whether it's in lineage or just in the ethers. Um, once once you start to, you realize there's more and more layers to it. Mm-hmm. And so what you thought was a four-foot pool is now a thousand-foot ocean. Yeah, I can. And now that thousand-foot ocean is a whole different planet, you know, and it's like there's just there's so much to it. And um, when I look at it compared to the sciences... It just, it really blows my mind still how available we are, how just tapped in we can be if we want to, mm-hmm. um, but also how there's some powers that be that don't want us to. Oh. Um, and I'm not saying it because it's a war on psychics or yeah. anything. <laughs> That'd be a mistake, people. Yeah. <laughs> no one's trying to start a war on psychics, I don't think. <laughs> um, not in their best interest. But, uh, but. You know, uh, with that, though, it's it's uh, an availability, I think, that relieves um, a, a lot of the, the fears and the stress that, that can be equivalated to not knowing. And right. as we grow in that, that sensitiveness, it becomes more and more revealing. So it's just beautiful how it's like a flower. It's like the lotus flower, you know, the traditional yeah. mantras of the thousand petals and, yeah. you know... Um, I thought it was really interesting when you, you know, kind of talked about my lineage and you talk about like on your mom's side and your and your dad's side mm-hmm. and just to hear, and I've heard this before in, I don't know, some different context about like how we can inherit trauma mm-hmm. and pain and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then once you can kind of wrap your head around like, for me, at least maybe it's coming up as like, okay, I didn't necessarily do anything wrong to feel this way or to carry some of this stuff. Like it was done before me. Then that kind of frees it up to be like, okay, well, almost like, right. This wasn't my fault. So I can do a different thing or I can like go down a different path. I don't have to like continue with that pain or with that Mm -hmm. trauma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And and the more you peel back, the more there's that, there's that, glimpse of hope, that opportunity right. to grow more and the strength of what you can be instead of what you thought you were supposed to be or what you were just choosing to be. Right. A lot that, of us, it's unconscious. Yeah. And so that's why we need to bring it into the conscious. Know what our body is telling us mm-hmm. and the body's consciousness, which you talk a lot about. Yeah. The emotional consciousness and how it ties into the body's consciousness, how they affect each other in connection to the spirit conscious. So there's really three layers of consciousness in all of us. Yeah. And again, the more you peel back the sensitivities and strengthen the connections, then you open yourself uh, to be more available yeah. to yourself and to everything around you, plants, right. animals, 
everything. Right. I think it's so much of just unraveling this programming or deprogramming, like you said, because I think that shuts us off so much. Like it's taken me years to be able to say, just to listen to my body. What does my body need? Because I've come from a place that said, no, you have to work out six or seven days a week. And no matter if you're tired or not, you keep pushing and you grind and you do this and you do that. Where I've just for so long shut it off where I'm like, I'm not going to listen because it's preventing me from doing what my mind says I should do. That now that I'm trying to listen, it takes practice. It takes like work for me to be like, okay, is this... Is this, do I need to rest? Is this yeah. me being a little bitch? Like, how do I, you know, right? Like, how well, do you I? You said the right word. You said practice. Yeah. And that is exactly what our ancient ancestors said for thousands of years in every culture of the world, one form or another. It, it's always been practice. Every day we practice to be a certain way. I call it lifestyle practice mm-hmm. when I help people develop their lifestyle practice involving everything. But it is, it's something you have to choose. Yeah. Whether it's yoga practice itself, and that's your practice of choice. Uh, You know, I would say there's so many practices out there. I hope all of you listeners choose a lot of different practices. The more practices you study, the more well-rounded and understood you'll be when it comes to who you are, not just some scholastic idea of what you're supposed to be, but what actually allows you to feel good. Um, There's a lot of outlets. And so I teach those things. I also like we're talking on here, I teach the conscious development. I teach people to harness their sensitivities so that they can excel in different ways Mm -hmm. when they've been, you know, a lot of times uh, just beating themselves up and not realizing it. You know, we can't blame ourselves when we don't realize, you know, we ourselves are our worst enemy. You know, it's like, it's easy to say that ancient, ancient (laughs) saying. Um, And that's why, because we can absolutely be, we, we are the most powerful thing in our existence. That's Mm -hmm. what I tell my students. You are the most powerful thing in your existence. Whatever you choose is getting you closer to living or it's getting you closer to dying. Every choice you make. So be conscious of all of them. Yep. You know, be conscious of what you're saying. Be conscious of how you're reacting. Be conscious. And, and it can be overwhelming without practice. Yeah. But that's why it circles Maybe baby back steps. to practice. Yeah. Right. You yeah. can do mantras to repeat things. I hypnotize people when they really want definite change today. Okay. We got to talk about this. I hypnosis. do the hypnosis work. And that's a very direct ancient tool that's, you know, we all do it to ourselves, but. We do? Yeah, if you believe anything, you've hypnotized yourself to believe it. If you've cried during a TV show, that was a production. That was oh millions God, of potential, potential dollars <laughs> being spent to make you cry. And it was all set up by actors <laughs> and big money and production teams. They and, got me. They get me every time. Yeah, well, that's hypnosis. You know, it's, it's really just a form of breaching that layer where consciousness meets subconscious. Okay? And if you can get into the subconscious then we inherently receive more without trying. Um, so it's almost like we call it the subconscious pool. You know, you can throw a floaty on it and it'll float there. Call that hypnosis, you know. Um, How do you do it? It'll float there for a long time, you know. But if there's a weight on it, it sinks to the bottom. Well, now it's there permanently, mm. you know. So it depends on the level of work, what you're trying to be hypnotized for. Yeah. You know, if it's just a a simple yes or no kind of choice in your life that you're 
saying no to and you need to say yes, mm. you know, or vice versa. It's not, not that difficult. If it's, you know, letting go of, of serious traumas and um, perpetual self-destructive behavior, mm. it's a little harder, yeah. you know, maybe a couple sessions. You need a heavier you know. weight there yeah, to sink yeah, to the bottom. Yeah, a little more time. Yeah. Uh, my job as a hypnotist is to know the language. You know, how am I going to talk to you? Mm. Are you going to listen to what I have to say? Is your subconscious going to accept me as you? Oh, this is like some inception shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's pretty wild. My, I think I told you this, my mom was hypnotized to stop smoking. Mm-hmm. She stopped smoking after 25 years of smoking, has yeah. never touched a cigarette again. She's been yeah. smoke, I think, for probably 10 years, maybe close to 10 years. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. I hear that a lot, and I do that a lot. I do the hypnosis for smoking cessation, as we yep. say in the medical Western world. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've, I've literally, I've been doing hypnosis now as a hypnotist for about 11 years, uh, 10 years, 11 years. Um, and I can say I've done hypnosis for just about everything. Do you have um, any, like, really great su- success story that you can share? Like, someone that just, like, really um, turned something around I really... Like I, I have honestly, I have handfuls of success, sto- hundreds and hundreds of success stories. So um, there are a couple that stand out, though. Yeah. Um, one is this husband and wife doctor team brought their son to me in high school two years ago, and he played for a local high school, mm-hmm. and they wanted him to grow bigger, like physically. Physically, yeah. They wanted him <laughs> to run muscles. faster. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted him to no longer be afraid to run the ball. They said he was hesitating playing football. And oh, they wow. wanted him to be faster, stronger as a running back, potentially a quarterback, if he could grow enough. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is real. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, I'll take it on. You know, I like a challenge. Mm-hmm. And yes, in two months. So he came to me with a broken shoulder. Not broken, I'm sorry. It wasn't broken, but it was hurt. He wasn't allowed to play. Okay. Did After, he come to you initially for healing or? No. No, okay. No, for hypnosis. Yeah, the okay. healing, I told him, was part of it. Mm. And they were like, oh, well, he's got a mess of shoulder, so maybe, you know. Yeah. Um, Two so birds, yeah. one stone. So I took care of that. We did the hypnosis. He felt great. He was charged up. Things were changing. Excuse me. I'm burping on the mic. Sorry. That's okay. I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I won't smell it then. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Everything was changing pretty rapidly. Within three sessions, uh, it was, um, I want to say, four weeks. His shoulder was healed. He had grown, he had he put on 20 pounds. He had what? grown two inches. I'm not lying. Grown two inches, was running the ball. By the time the season started, he was... Grew two inches? He grew two inches. <laughs> By the time the season started, he grew another inch and a half and put on another 10 pounds and was the starting wow. running back. They won state that year. Wow. Yeah. That's not, that's totally real. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. No, it does it sound crazy, totally but real. how do you, like, how do you make sense of that scientifically? Um, conscious energy. That's yeah. how we do it because it's really the only thing that can proclaim a, a sweep across all regions of biological matter, growing tissue, focusing this student, this child, he's 15 years old, um, I don't even think, I think he was 15 after I was done working on it. I think he was 14. Anyway, it was, it was a lot. Uh, It was a lot to witness. And then, um, you know, after the fact, I just, (laughs) I'm still kind of boggled by it, but (laughs) 
you know, the fact that it went to that extreme, that they ended up winning state that year, you know, was just mind-blowing to me. But it, he was a catalyst because I hypnotized him to not only want to run the ball, but to be the team captain, mm. to dominate the nation, basically. Wow. And, like, these are things his parents said they wanted him to be hypnotized for. And it worked. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, well. And I've had the, you know, 52-year smoker quit in 15 minutes of hypnosis. I've yeah. had the 75-year-old lady sex addict quit having sex with strangers every night after one session. I've had the doctor, you know, I, I, I could go on and on and on yeah. about, you know, personal stories for people. But the, the fact is that one where it was literally changing the physical makeup of someone. That's crazy. In such a way that, you know, I could say, yeah, he was at an age where the timing was just right, but everything changed. Mm -hmm. Everything. Right. Right. No, that is... He ran four seconds faster in a 40, or I'm sorry, um, four tenths of a second faster in a 40 after, uh, after the third, after the third hypnosis. I ended up doing about six hypnosises with him and sessions and, um, yeah, it was pretty incredible. By the end, it was like he was a different person. It was wow. like I was literally helping transform the incredible yeah, hog that's exactly what <laughs> out I'm of thinking. a boy. I know it was wild. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of uh, amazing success stories. The biggest ones are you know when people are drinking themselves to death. Yeah, right. you know, or heroin, or abusive family members. Yeah, you know when they can say they're no longer abusive and their family is. Uh, just a completely different family unit or, you know, my dad's not an alcoholic anymore or my, you know, my brother's not killing himself on heroin. Yeah. It's, it's those really big impacts with hypnosis that I see, like, affect the community the oh, most. Oh, yeah, those are really uh, Which is really, really wonderful. Um, but, but, yeah, there's a lot, you know. I haven't hypnotized somebody to, to do any like crazy illegal crimes or I haven't right. hypnotized anyone. Good. To, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I was saying that because people always ask me, that's a question I get a lot. Like, Oh, have you ever hypnotized somebody to rob somebody or, you know, and I'm like, no. <laughs> have you ever hypnotized someone to like fall in love with you or like, or have you hypnotized someone to like have, have someone fall in love with them or like that? Cause how can that work? Um, I don't know. Well, I've had to hypnotize people to get divorced. Oh. I've had to hypnotize <laughs> yes, people that makes sense. to that makes um, sense. let go of a ex in yeah. a relationship yeah. um, when they were when it was really affecting their mental and emotional, you know, yep. psychological health. Yeah. Um, I've had to do a lot of that actually. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean for myself it's a tool. It's like a hammer in your tool belt. You right. don't hit people in the head with it. No, you know what right. I mean? Right. <laughs> it's right. it's something that for me is a very sensitive tool to work with. So mm -hmm. you don't want to play games with it really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've heard and, and I've even, you know, had guys tell me, Oh, have you read this by this guy who wrote about how to pick up girls and it's all like hypnosis and all this that's other mean. stuff. And I'm it's like, really Yeah, mean. I'm like, that's <laughs> hey, you know, there it's information that's out there. You can tango with it, but don't be surprised if karma kicks you in the butt. So Yeah, you gotta think about that. Yeah. I wanna talk about this like the intuitive healing when you've mentioned before that you can kind of like do a scan, right? Mm -hmm. Of someone and yeah. see where they may be. What is it like holding pain or, or how does it, how does it come up for you? What does that look like? Um, so you're referencing 
on the medical intuitive side, how yeah. I can see in people's body to that degree. Um, <clears throat> and it's not with my eyes, obviously. I'm not like Superman. Um, I mean, I don't know what, <laughs> what you're saying here. You could very well be. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a scary <laughs> thought, you know, to think that somebody can see what's going on inside of you. So I, you know, I say that to scare people. Yeah. No. Um, but it's really, it is like you're saying, it is like scanning. It's basically I can close my eyes at this point. And mm -hmm. I could when I was younger. I just didn't, I thought I had to, had to be more tangible. Like yeah. I actually had to touch people or something. Um, but, you know, I, I don't. We don't need to touch at all. For me, when I connect to you, what I'm witnessing is scar tissue or density. Oh, it's, it's hard to explain, but imagine mm. that your body is giving off energy. Yes. Like we explain the aura. Yes. You know, and there's energy fields around you. Yep. Well, in those fields of energy, there's density. Okay. And so just like if I pushed on your knuckle versus your finger, I might feel the bone of your knuckle versus your finger, but in the energy presence, I can feel the density where there's scar tissue, mm. like a knuckle in your presence. Which is sounds weird, I know. It sounds, no, but I get it. Yeah. But it is literally like feeling, like um, you know, you feel when you left your keys somewhere. You know, you feel it in your gut first, usually, and it's like this panic energy. This that's hormones get released. That's what I experienced today when I thought I didn't have that cord. Yeah, that the <laughs> yeah. panic of oh shit. shit. Or yeah. like we, if I leave your cell phone in a dressing room, right. And you walk out of the store, yes. <laughs> you like. Your right. stomach drops. Or in a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Almost got arrested in L.A. That's, a, that's another story. Um, so, 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 yeah. Um, it, hypnosis is very interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it, you know, for me, it, it's very, very helpful. Um, and on the conscious connection, it helps people understand more, too, how to embody their own strengths. Um, but... Going into the energy of the body, it's a density. It's like the same kind of language, but it's it's more physical. Mm. And again, hard to explain. My ancestors that are Native American would say, you know, you feel with your entire being. And that's what I say in classes too, because we do. Mm -hmm. It's not just a part of you that feels. It's right. every cell of your being and your auric field. So we're like cats with antennas. We don't mm. realize that all around us within up to 50 feet, depending on your energy presence, you can be felt by other people who are sensitive like me. Do people have different types of energy presences? Yeah. Like well, you feel it. I say like me, and I didn't mean, I mean, people like me might feel you from across the world if we yeah. want, you know, but, but all of us feel each other just like somebody annoys you yeah. or somebody's really happy and that either makes you happy or you're like, get away from me. You yeah. can feel it, yeah. you know, and depending on what your energy is saying in that moment, you may not want them around you. Oh, yeah. You know? No, so. I know. It happens to me quite a lot, actually. Where oh, I'm yeah. Like, yeah where I, like, you're a loner, huh? Uh, no, no, no. I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. I, I, I feel like I like get my energy from other people. So when, if I'm yeah. alone for too oh, long, okay, got it. I, yeah. I honestly think not in like a dramatic, like danger zone sense, but I'm all, I'm all, I'm kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. If I'm not, why am I just doing this? Why am I here? Why, why am yeah. I here? Why am I sitting here alone? Like I just like yeah. it. Obviously everyone needs a little bit of time uh -huh. to recharge. That's fine. Yes. I uh -huh. do like a little bit of alone time, but a very small amount. Okay. And so if when I'm like around other people that like mm. gives me, energy and especially if i'm like with good energy that's great but yeah. if i'm if i'm like 
not onto the energy. Like I'm just not onto it and I don't want to be around it. But then I feel sometimes kind of bad about it because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I won't be able to say like, oh, this, there's a reason why, there's not a reason why I like don't like this person or I just don't want to be around them. But like, I just like don't want to be around them. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have that. Yeah. And we all have the paranoias that are woven into us and the fears too that make us not want to be around certain types of people or, you know, right. whether it's systemic racism or just, oh, right. you know, to that degree, what you've been taught, you know, um, consciously we can override that obviously, but we still feel people. You might feel somebody in a lot of pain and say, I don't want to be there for them. Yeah. For me, it's the opposite you in that sense that, yeah. where I'm like, um, how can I help you? That's how I feel um, too. And people like, yeah. And some people too just give off like so much energy where they're so influential. If like mm-hmm. in a group, of, like a group of friends, I can think of a few people like, yeah. if these people aren't happy mm-hmm. or just not in a good mood. Yeah. Everyone's not. In everyone in the group <laughs> is not in a good mood. Yeah. And so yeah. that means they have a powerful life force, mm-hmm. which means you probably surround yourself by people with powerful life force uh, yeah. to, to tango. Uh, with right. that powerful life force you have that doesn't want to sit alone because you're like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> so that's the point. <laughs> yeah. That's the point. Yeah. I know it's silly, but it's, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. You know? I'm a, I'm a doer. I like to get out. I like to meet people and yeah, try new drinks and, and right. check out new places. And right. I don't get to, <laughs> but I like that. I would love to do that sometime. Um, but yeah, my, you know, my existence with a child and, um, yeah, it's a different and... season of life, right? In another season of life, you'll be able to do that. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. too much further out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can see the shoreline. Yeah. <laughs> I'm swimming. Yeah. Swimming yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Reflecting back to um, recognizing what's around us, that conscious availability, and feeling it in people, you know, uh, I now can close my eyes and tell you where there's scar tissue in your body, where the hormone displacement is uh, potentially, what's causing... Oh, see, that's interesting too, the hormones. um, Neurological issues, Mm. uh, side effects, where it's coming from, medications, food. Um, I can witness dehydration, pregnancy, you know, all kinds of different diseases. Um, Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that happened in a very bizarre happening. When I say that happened, I mean, my whole life, I had sensitivity there and I was witnessing it within myself, but I didn't really witness it in, in anyone else until I had this wild vision of a spaceship uh, and, you know, whatever happened. It's an happened alien encounter? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say yeah. <laughs> it was totally an alien. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. It was a, a octahedron-shaped object in the sky. And I'm not sure if I was dreaming it or if it was actual um, because mm. I was very out of body when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, out of body for those that don't know in a medita- meditative sense. Um, I was in my subconscious. You know, I wasn't holding presence of consciousness. I was holding consciousness to be unconscious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that happened uh, when I was about 24 years old, I, I believe. Um, and then after that, it was like a lot easier for me to be able to just connect with people and know right away without even saying a word wow. where the pain was. How do you, I mean, I'm sure you're getting bombarded with messages and readings and information. Yeah, information. It's like, it's like looking at the city. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch people walking on the street, cars, it's traffic lights, people moving around in their buildings and helicopters flying over top. You can just like 
Well, it'd be, the difference would be what if the whole thing was glass? You know, what if you could actually see people taking a dump? Yeah. <laughs> you get used to seeing the shit, basically. Okay. You okay. know what I mean? Uh, and, and relative to uh, other, other ways, other analogies of, of looking at it, you know, I tell people it can be overwhelming if, if you allow it to be, but it's also kind of like swimming in the ocean. You know, if you don't want to see what's down deep, don't go down there. Okay. You yeah. You know? Right. I can stay at the top. I can stay surface can, level. I yeah. can choose to be there. Yeah. Just like you can, you know. Yeah. Uh, the more uh, it's relatable in the sense that the more stressed I am, sometimes the more overwhelming it is. Like I'm drowning a little, but I can still witness everything at the bottom and, yeah. and the intensity of things without letting it get overwhelming. That that leads me into a, a point that I am really interested to hear about is. How do you take care of yourself or what do you have to do for your self-care so that you can manage all this information, right? Where you don't feel like you're drowning. Um, there's, there's a few elements to that, right? Um, I've been in practice for many, many years. So every day I do some yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, I created um, a core strengthening practice, um, based on yoga, breakdancing, and gymnastics. Oh, wow. And yeah. so it's really core strengthening, but also f- allowing for the flexibility and blood flow and, and stress release, as it were, um, activating the toxin-releasing systems, mm-hmm. uh, the adrenals at times, and, um, and you know, allowing the body to heal faster if it needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do deep breathing, and I work with people. I do deep breathing while I'm working with people every day. So I'm constantly doing deep breathing work, coaching, channeling, harnessing energy with people of other people's guidance. And that's, and there's other aspects to that too, I'll get into, but I eat healthy. Mm -hmm. I eat organic farm to table. Mm -hmm. I still eat meat. I kind of have to for my life, Mm. for my life uh, force. Uh, More I think than I, I probably eat more than I need to. Um, That is the case. Um, but I have a, about a 90% vegetable diet mm. and um, don't eat a lot of things that are not good for us. Yeah. Um, but maintain a lot of water and, you know, and, and outside of just stretching and deep breathing and, and good hydration and dietary means, um, I make sure I live balanced actively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I need to go jump off a cliff doing 90 on a snowboard, I go do that. Oh. You know, when I need to go surf I don't need an to eight do foot that swell. <laughs> You know, I go do that when I want to go wrestle with the ocean, you know, or when I just want to sit with my toes at the edge of the ocean yep. and talk to the moon, you yeah. know. Um, again, when we grow in that conscious space, there's, everything's relevant. So there is no downtime. There is no, oh, I wish I could do something for myself. That's like, that's just, that's just silly. Yeah. Like it's just, even for me to say it, I mm-hmm. almost want to laugh at myself because it's like, there's so much to do always. Right, right, right. So much to understand, so much to connect to, so much to be aware of. Yeah, you're you know, right. in the state of our world right now. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to be aware of. Oh, um, you're right. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like days where I, I, lately I've just always have had this thought like there's just always something to do. There is. Like there's just always going to be something on that fucking to-do list. Like always, well, always, always. And in, in the to-do list... You, you create, because you're in control, it's your conscious choice, the don't do shit list. Right, 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 you know? right. I'm going to go sit in a puddle yeah. and talk to a dolphin. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. going to go uh, stare at this tree. I really like this curve. You right. know, just 
just connect consciously with things around you. And the simplest things can make you feel so much better. Yep. When you feel alone or discouraged or betrayed or angry, you know? Yeah. Just connecting to things. And, and because we've built so many walls around our consciousness, we think we're so badass mm-hmm. that we can have a fortress that makes us stronger. Well, it's making us caged mm-hmm. consciously. Yeah. And it's hurting us dramatically. Look at our cancer rates, yeah. obesity, on and on and on. I could go down lists for days of, of how the travesty of, you know, um, the unknowing of how to take care of yourself right. um, has really hurt uh, societies here in America, but also around the world. Um, the blindness to what it means to be in a space of self-care or right. give to yourself. Right. You know, it's like we depend on everything else. Oh, yeah. No, that is, I, it's my my practice, my work right now is like mm-hmm. not needing to seek kind of external, be it comfort, validation, whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, you are safe with yourself. Yeah, it's hard. It's really it's hard. hard. Our society, our culture has taught us that doesn't really exist. It's really hard, yeah. You know, unless you're talking to God, you know, that's that's someone you can talk to, right? Um, it, it's been faux pas for us to connect to our deceased loved ones. Mm. You know, oh, you're talking to grandma? Pfft, that's weird, you yeah. know? Uh, no, grandma's been here the whole time, asking. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't think it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good point too. I could do my, I could do so, more of that. So, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> there's a lot of levels to it. So yeah. for me to stay in balance, um, I gotta have fun. I yeah. gotta work hard. Yeah. I gotta spend time playing with my kids and do mm-hmm. crazy shit, you know, with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do, we do fun stuff. Um, oh yeah, fun's and really important for me. I gotta teach. I gotta train. You know. Yep. I do everything on on the wellness side from from teach mastery level education and personal development to teach, you know, um, elderly yoga, yeah, personal sessions here and there, you know, to help people that really want to live a few years longer and, you know, uh, need that means yep. to get their joints lubed up again. Yep. And, you yep. Know. No, my grandma um, loves yoga. She does her <laughs> chair yoga every week at her local yeah. YMCA. She, is obsessed with it. She loves it. She discovered yoga very later in life and she will oh, call good. me and and talk to me. She's like raised Catholic, very religious uh-huh. woman. How she feels better after yoga good. than she did after going to church. That <laughs> that is like her church. It just uh-huh. spe- and like she doesn't have any Media, I feel like now, right, we've heard people talk about yoga in this way. So you almost kind of go into it thinking, oh, I should have this experience because I hear other people. Mm-hmm. She has no idea that that exists for other people. Like it is truly her genuine oh, expression of like what yoga does for her. I know. And yoga can be that. Um, even, you know, there's a lot of watered down Western ideologies um, from the Eastern cultures of what yoga is. And there's a lot of dynamic Western modalities that are taking it up a notch. But you know, in all of it, there are thousands of practices, and I'm really happy that your grandma has found a language and practice and yeah. loves it because it's hard. Sometimes people try two or three different forms of yoga before they're like, you know what? No, I really like this. Like, right. This right. yin. It's really, oh, yeah, you know, like, or core power. You know, I want the aggressive. I want to work out. I want to yep. sweat my face off, you know. Yeah. Um, 
for me, it's it's very gentle. I mm. need gentle. I need mm-hmm. ease into it, relaxing, releasing, clearing practice. Yeah. Uh, I do kundalini and hatha mm-hmm. and, and uh, my traditional practice. And then all other forms, including my core power, power practice when I, you know, when I want to... Uh, Turn up the heat. Up the ante. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I need it. You know, it only takes one solid posture and 10 breaths to really clear days worth of stress. Oh, so, I know it. I know so, it. Yeah. And so hitting it effectively is part of the balance for me. I'm a sustainable industrial designer, so my life is constructed that way. Yeah. Where, you know, I get up, I ease into the day, try to. I like Some gentle stretching in bed before I get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm loose before I tear something crazy doing something sure. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I live an active lifestyle, so I'm constantly mending. Um, and, you know, uh, generally for me, I'll just drink water for breakfast. Yeah. Um, I might get lunch, depending on how busy I am. I uh, usually have some form of organic treat by 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll do like the the acai bowls and the smoothies and things oh, too. Yeah, I yeah. love those. Love those. I love making them as much as I used to, but I like buying them. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Those are a lot more fun. Yes. No, when I go to California, I'm like, I, I don't know, minimum of seven. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. like just so everywhere you, on every corner. Every too, day. So it's it's like the same cafe where I'm going every, oh, yeah. every city. Yeah. Here again. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm here. Here I am. Gosh. Um, but yeah, you know, and then, you know, get a, get a little bit of playtime in in the day if I can. Get outside. That's something for me I have to do. Mm-hmm. So I actually walk out on my deck probably three or four times of an evening mm-hmm. just to take a deep breath, look at the sky, watch yeah. the sunset, check where the stars are. Yep. I'm very much for myself also connected to the stars. Mm. Uh, I've always studied star systems and time graphs from ancient cultures. Oh, my gosh. Astrology I feel like we is have really... so much. We have, like... We, we're we're just barely scratching the surface here. <laughs> we just keep bringing up. You, there. I'm like, we got to go down well, that rabbit hole. Things. We got to go wrap that rabbit hole. Uh, you got to come back. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. No. It's great. Volume two. Can we do a yeah? Two? No, we're get, we're uh, definitely gonna do a round two because <laughs> I'm already like make, making mental notes. I'm like, I have to talk to you about this thing. I have to talk to you about that thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm happy to to share. You know, I like to teach, and I like people to understand that they're you know powerful. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that it's in itself is powerful. And you know. As long as I'm, you know, living a, a lifestyle that allows me uh, to help people the way I've been able to, even as a remote healer, hypnotist, psychic now, mm-hmm. um, I'll continue doing it, you know, yeah. until I can't. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think you probably have answered this question around what way, but I have to ask it as, as it is tradition on this podcast to okay. ask, what does being fit mean to you? Hmm. <laughs> um, so that was totally a stall. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still stalling. Uh, being fit to me means knowing the capacity of your entire being mm-hmm. and how to stay balanced. Yeah, without... I was going to say, it sounds like a balance is going to come into play here. Yeah. yeah. Well, s- staying in a balance um, so that you don't just burn out or you know hurt yourself too terribly. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of people will say fit is a, is a physical thing. Physical consciousness is the attribute. But for me, fit is spiritual first. Yeah. In the yeah. hierarchy of healing, yeah. in the hierarchy of frequency even, energetically and energy and science, when we look at the infinite, our connection is much more vast 
but it's much more finite. It's a much higher frequency. So when we can soothe, so to speak, or keep that fit, then it's much easier to take care of being fit in the emotional consciousness and the physical consciousness. Right. So you can't just start at the physical, even though it's foundational in this dimension and in, in, in the conscious mind, the conscious body. It's still, if we're not feeding the emotional, we destroy ourselves physically. So it doesn't matter. Yep. Exactly. I couldn't tell you, I mean, honestly, hundreds of physical fitness athletes, um, Com- competitive weightlifters, mm-hmm. bodybuilders have come to me just wrecked. Oh yeah, because they were told to muscle through it, and kind oh, of yeah. like you said, you know, work out every yeah. day, do this, do that, and just grueling, putting mm-hmm. the body beyond the test of what it really should go through, and hoping that they can manage physically after the fact. It's like setting off a bomb, though. It takes cleanup. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's a brown space for a long time before it can be a green space again. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, and with the body, that's absolutely the case. I know people that look fabulous, but they are a wreck. Yeah, yeah. And their physical body's showing it. Yeah. You know, whether it's hormonal disbursement, random yeah. diseases, continual illness, weak immune systems, autoimmune deficiency, autoimmune uh, disease, yeah. you know, on and on and on. And I work with people to get through all of those different layers of physical trauma by targeting the spiritual and the emotional. We need you to I mean I need you to come back on. We got to talk about your jewelry <laughs> designs too. Yeah, we got to yeah, we, we got to dive more into this. But I thank you so much for the time. Yeah, I appreciate this coming so on. It went great. so fast, right? I know it um, goes so so fast. Where can people follow you, get in touch with you if they want to learn more before you come back on? Yeah, if you want to find me, you can check out my websites. Uh, www.shineremotewellness.com if you want to check out all my woo-woo stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, hypnosis readings, life development, healing, clearing, trauma, you know, all these things. All the good Um, stuff. (laughs) Yeah, all the things that really can help. I mean, I witness it every day, so it's easy for me to say. Yeah. Um, But, you know, if you're looking for a, a new approach to changing your life in a way that will absolutely help you, and you don't feel like you keep running into walls or spiraling down on yourself, I can give you a lot of tools, and I can help guide you, give you information. Go to www.shineremotewellness.com, yep. and I will help you. You can also go to my jewelry design website, which is designs. And I will link com. all of that so people have easy access. Yeah. I also have a store. I'm going to go ahead and plug that. Please do. For Love and Sapphires, yep. which you've modeled beautifully and oh, supported yep. us. And You're fantastic. Listeners, Thank you so much for that. Oh, my God. Of course. That sapphire that you had me wear. What was it? No, it was. Blue topaz. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big one. Oh, my God. It was huge. It was beautiful. It was, I felt yeah. like just a queen wearing it. But yes, and yeah. has been on the podcast, past listeners. You've heard all about her and her shop for Love and Sapphires, your shop, your shop for Love and Sapphires. So you guys got to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. We're down on Court Street. Yep. Hosting little sip and shop events. Fun so things. Fun. I do readings down there sometimes. Yep. You yep. Catch me yep. down there. Um, but yeah, uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram for Love and Sapphires, Jimmy Designs, Shine Remote Wellness. Um, you can find me personally if, if you want to through those avenues. Um, but 
Chrissy, I really appreciate you having me I on. You're you a fa- on. fabulous human being. Love you to death. Come back. And I appreciate all, all that you're doing for the community. Thank you. Thank you so much, listeners. So thank you. And share, rate, review. Love you.